welcome to episode 10 of the JR Scouting Podcast. In this episode, we will be breaking down my first mock draft of this season uh, with, and we'll also be having the lottery simulated via Tankathon. And this episode, we'll only be doing uh, picks 1 to 14, but if you guys want to, uh, I guess, hear the full mock draft from picks 1 to 30, then I will upload 15 to 30 in another episode. Um, even past that, if you guys really want to see the second round as well, I can do that as well. Um, although I don't believe uh, as many people are interested in the second round as in the uh, first round and even the lottery. So, uh, yeah, only the first 14 picks will be uh, said in this episode. And let's get straight into it. So after simulating the lottery, uh, we had the Cleveland Cavaliers with the number one pick, moving up from number four to number one. Then at second, we have the Orlando Magic, moving up from five to number two. At three, the Detroit Pistons, staying at number three. At four, the Minnesota Timberwolves, moving from one to four which means the Golden State Warriors get the Timberwolves pick. Um, The Houston Rockets from 2 to 5, which means the Thunder get the Rockets pick. And then at 6, the Wizards. At 7, the Raptors. At 8, the Magic via Chicago. At 9, the Thunder. At 10, the Pelicans. At 11, the Indiana Pacers. At 12, the Kings. At 13, the Warriors. And at 14, the Grizzlies. I sort of am, just so you all know, I'm sort of doing my first mock now because prior to the season um, and even before the All-Star break, we didn't, and before the trade deadline, we didn't really get too much of an idea of which teams are actually going to be attempting to contend which teams were sort of more on the tanking end. Um, but now that we've got a better idea of that, uh, I think it's time to start a mock draft, which is probably some pretty good news because it means we're getting close to the draft. So for the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, currently they've got a point guard um, in Darius Garland, a shooting guard in Colin Sexton. They've sort of got a few small forwards in Jetty Osman and Isaac Okoro. Then power forwards, they've got Kevin Love, although he's probably not going to be there much longer. And then at centre, they have Jared Allen. So I'd say at the moment, uh, the positions they've got, um, which if they were to be looking for a player who wouldn't, um, who would fit in right away, they probably wouldn't be looking for a point guard, a shooting guard, or a um, centre, although uh, they could easily decide to target best available. Um, In this mock, because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to uh, predict the picks in a way, um, or predict what the teams would do with the picks. Um, I, if I was the Cavs, I believe the Cavs would take Cade Cunningham, number one, and while he doesn't necessarily fit a position at point guard, um, due to his playmaking ability and the fact that he's a point guard, um, he could 
easily fit in with at small forward um, or, and such. With Darius Garland still at point guard and Sexton at shooting guard, he could sort of be in a more of a sort of two-way, three-level scorer. Um, although when Garland is off the court, then uh, Cade could take over the playmaking abilities and, um, yeah, do that well. So that's the first pick. Uh, he'd fit in nicely with their young core. Um, and, yeah, I reckon it would be a very solid pick for them, given Cade is widely considered to be a uh, number one, the number one overall pick by probably most teams and definitely uh, is the consensus um, among scouts and also fans. Uh, at number two, the Magic. Um, they don't. They've got a solid young core at the moment, but um, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't very much expect any of these players to uh, be sort of all stars or such down the line. Apart from maybe R.J. Hampton or Jonathan Isaac, um, if their offensive game develops more. Um, although uh, they are sort of, especially um, R.J. Hampton is much more of a uh, prospect that needs to develop a lot more. Um, as for Isaac, he's obviously an elite defender, but if he were to make all-star games and such, he would likely have to improve on his on the offensive side of the ball um, a bit more due to the fact that it's mainly offensive players who tend to make the all-star games. Um, and even though he might win a defensive player of the year, uh, he just wouldn't be the sort of all-star type player that many would um, sort of project him to be. So uh, then they also have Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz at point guard. Obviously, at shooting guard, they've got RJ Hampton at small forward. They have Chuma Okiki at power forward. They have Jonathan Isaac. And at centre, they have two um, prospects. None of, Both have shown a little bit of potential, but none of them have really lived up to it as much as... Uh, probably I would have hoped, uh, and these are Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba. Uh, so with this pick, I've got them taking Evan Mobley, who's a power forward, and you could easily sort of play him at centre, given he's seven feet tall with, I believe, a 7'4", maybe 7'5", uh, wingspan. Might even be 7'6", just off the top of my head. Um, he will be a little bit skinny to start, and he might have a bit of trouble guarding players like Jokic um, or Embiid and such in the post, uh, although down the line, especially when he's in his prime, I'd expect him to have a little bit more muscle and he'd be able to guard them with a bit more ease, especially the bigger bodied players. Uh, he could, um, if he were to play at centre, he'd you'd basically just have a lineup pretty much consisting of, at the moment, Cole or Marco Fultz, then maybe RJ Hampton, or potentially Gary Harris, depending on what they want to do with him. So as the Magic, I'd look to be trading him down the line. Um, not, not actually sure when his contract expires, um, although definitely I'd try and look to at least get a second-round pick out of him because he's a fairly solid two-way player um, who could definitely help out a um, who could definitely help out a sort of contending team. Um, so he'd do quite well uh, with the Magic as a centre um, and he'd fit in with their sort of defensive-minded culture they've got there. Um, 
he would also be able to play power forward a little bit, and you could have Wendell Carter, who's a little bit undersized, playing some centre. Uh, Wendell Carter can also shoot and um, create for others a little bit um, out of the post, so he wouldn't be too bad of a fit there. And then you could also play him up, play him up with Mo Bamba, um, who, yeah, hadn't got too much time on the court, especially uh, seeing as uh, Vucevic has been there most well, all of his career, but uh, Vucevic is gone now and they've got another sort of centre prospect in Wendell Carter, so it will probably be uh, out of those two as to who gets more court time. If they were to play one of them, uh, one of Bamba or Wendell Carter centre, they could play uh, Mobley at power forward. It wouldn't really matter, to be honest, um, if they played Mo Bamba or Wendell Carter at power forward and, um, and Mobley at centre. Yeah, it it really doesn't matter. Then they would um, likely move Isaac to uh, small forward. Then they could maybe play Chimo Kiki at uh, some shooting guard. And then you'd probably have RJ Hampton at point guard, depending on if his sort of playmaking ability has developed a little bit, um, especially since uh, he didn't really showcase much of that in the NBL. But that could be sort of due to his role uh, that he had as part of the New Zealand Breakers. At three, the Detroit Pistons. Um, so they've got a young core pretty much consisting of Killian Hayes, uh, Sadiq Bey, and Isaiah Stewart. They've also got other young players who they've managed to pick up who didn't have great starts to their careers, such as Josh Jackson um, and also Dennis Smith. I believe that's their main young core for now. Um, so they've got Killian Hayes has had a pretty rough start to the season, and then he also got injured. Um, I, I'm, I actually believe he's going to be coming back soon, which could be good for them, uh, for the Pistons, and for him to showcase a bit more potential. But at the moment, I would expect that they would still be able to, would still be open to drafting another point guard, especially seeing as Killian Hayes could be a potential shot creator, uh, shot creating shooting guard down the line. Um, despite also having a good playmaking ability, sort of similar to a James Harden, although uh, who he did get compared to before the draft, although he's likely not going to be as good in his prime as James Harden has been uh, in the past sort of five years, where he's been a very good um, player, potentially top five as well. Um, so the point guard position probably isn't locked down for the future. Uh, the shooting guard position, they've only really got Josh Jackson, although he's playing a little bit of small forward as well, maybe. Um, so it really wouldn't matter for that. Uh, Sadiq Bay at small forward wouldn't really prevent them from drafting another small forward. Power forward uh, is pretty open. They've got Jamie Grant, although not exactly sure what they're going to be doing with him. He's sort of in a bit of an in-between age, like sort of going into his prime now, whereas... The rest of the team is quite uh, young, so really not sure. They could probably still draft a power forward and maybe even play Jeremy Grant at um, at some small forward, or depending on who, whoever they draft, if, if they were to draft a power forward. And then at centre, they've got only Isaiah Stewart, so I don't think uh, that would prevent them from drafting another centre. So personally, I've got them taking... I, be, I believe they would take Jalen Green the shooting guard for G-League Ignite. 
Uh, so Jalen Green is obviously an elite scorer. He can do it from all three levels. He's uh, very, like, supremely athletic, um, about as much as Zach Levine. Um, and he's also he can also create his own shot um, from three. He's fairly efficient there, despite um, having some, I guess we could say, like rough shot selection. He's uh, he could probably improve in that area of his game a little bit, and also uh, he's good at creating shots in the mid range as well for himself. On the defensive end of the ball, he's not too good, but he is uh, only 19 or 18 years old even, so uh, he'd have a lot of time to improve that, especially heading in, especially before his prime. And um, if he were... And he's also a solid playmaker who I'd look to be improving this if I was him in my first few years in the league, um, especially... Uh, with whoever know who knows how good Killian Hayes and such as are going to be, um, so he might have to be the main guy next year, and this could hopefully help his playmaking, sort of like Devin Booker was before Chris Paul or Ricky Rubio arrived uh, on the Suns. So yeah, that would be good if he could develop his playmaking a little bit. Uh, at four. So the Golden State Warriors have a pick through Minnesota because Minnesota have a top three protected pick, which they trade to the Warriors in the D'Angelo Russell uh, slash Andrew Wiggins trade. Um, so with this pick, um, there's sort of out of the consensus top five guys, uh, which I don't actually have top five on my big board, but that's okay. Um, there's only Jalen Suggs and Jonathan Kaminga left. In the moment, the Warriors in their young core, they've got Obviously, James Wiseman, maybe Eric Paschal, and Jordan Poole, I'd say, are their main three, especially considering Jordan Poole's been playing quite a bit better recently. Um, and while this trio is quite good, they could easily add another sort of shooting guard to the mix and bring Jordan Poole off the bench in the future. Um, and they could also probably add a power forward. Uh, instead of Pascal, as he could probably come off the bench as well in the future, or maybe even play some small forward, depending on how his jump shot develops. Um, he's actually also played some uh, small ball five as well recently, so he could be a pretty versatile player in the future. So, yeah, all their positions are pretty much open for the Warriors, I'd say, maybe uh, for their future, aside from probably centre, because Wiseman was picked number two. Uh, so I wouldn't expect that... They would take another centre. Um, although I have them going uh, with Jalen Suggs here, the point guard out of Gonzaga. He's a very good playmaker, as he was a uh, college football... Uh, no, sorry, not college football, but high school quarterback um, and was quite a good um, passer uh, in and has shown his good passing ability in college as well. Uh, he's also a very solid defender, um, although he does gamble a little bit too much in the passing lanes, which can lead to sort of open lineups or such for the other team. Um, he's a bit of an inconsistent scorer, especially as a shooter. Um, he's got a pretty mediocre free throw percentage at about 73 or 74%. 
Um, and he, while he shot 35% from three this year, he has had uh, quite open shots due to the spacing um, and all the teammates that he's got at Gonzaga, especially like uh, Corey Kispert, who's um, expected to be picked in the lottery also due to purely due to his knockdown shooting ability. So Suggs uh, has a bit of an inflated uh, three-point percentage, and so he's likely, I wouldn't expect him to be proficient at threes, or at least or anywhere near as proficient as he was in college um, when he makes the leap into the NBA, and um, I wouldn't really expect him to be much of a scorer. Uh, anyway, I'd hopefully expect that he develops into a playmaking, sort of a two-way playmaker, um, down the line, um, but yeah, I wouldn't really expect him to be a scorer. Um, he's sort of had a bit of a limited handle at Gon- at Gonzaga, um, which has sort of limited his shot creation. Although, um, yeah, and so I expect this to be the same in the NBA, where I wouldn't like to have him as the number one guy leading my team. Um, especially if you're looking to make uh, the playoffs and or even had championship aspirations. Uh, I wouldn't want Jalen Suggs leading my team, uh, but that's just me. I'm quite a bit lower on Suggs than the consensus, so yeah, that's just what I believe. At five, the Oklahoma City Thunder have the pick, traded from Houston originally, uh, I believe in the... Russell Westbrook-Chris Paul trade, um, although who knows where OKC have gotten all their picks from. It's They've made so many trades, it's quite hard to actually trace them all back to where they started. So the current young core for the Thunder is basically consisting of Teo Maladin, a point guard who has been good at times, but I wouldn't expect him to be a starting point guard down the line. Uh, at shooting guard, Shea Goodrich-Alexander, Probably should have been an all-star this year, um, although he wasn't. So, but he's a very, very uh, strong young prospect, um, who's a strong young player who uh, should be making multiple all-star games down the line in his career. Uh, small forward, they don't particularly have anyone, but well, unless you, of course, you count Alexei Pokashevsky as a small forward. Although he could be counted as any position, pretty much from uh, shooting guard to even center, and then they also have Moses Brown as well, who uh, sort of um, was a bit of a surprise in the G League, uh, and he had multiple sort of uh, double doubles or even fifteen and fifteens, and this is even carried over to the NBA, where he's had some twenty and ten performances recently, and he's just signed to a multi-year contract, I believe. Uh, off of his two-way uh, contract, or I'm not exactly sure what it was. Maybe it was a 10-day. Um, so yeah, it's good to see him. Him is good to see Moses Brown in their young core as well. Uh, but personally, I have them at this position, taking the last out of the top five consensus prospects, is and that is Jonathan Kaminga, who is a small forward who also played for the G League Ignite, similar to Jalen Green who just went third to the Detroit Pistons. So Kaminga is, uh, has a 
very good athletic build um, as a player, although uh, he slightly uh, take, relies too much on his jump shot, which has been inconsistent and inefficient, especially at the G League level. This could improve at the NBA, although I wouldn't bank on it, especially considering his uh, 63% free throw percentage, I believe. Um, however, the free throw percentage is also something I'm a little bit questionable about, um, personally just because uh, in the G League, what happens is they take, uh, if they get fouled on a layup, instead of taking the two free throws like they normally would in college or in the NBA, what they do is they take one free throw for both the points, and um, as personally for me as a player, when I'm taking free throws, I found I always find the first one to be the hardest to make, and then after I've taken the first, I or um I can usually adjust well and make the second, but it's the first one that usually trips me up. So, um, if this is sort of a similar thing for Jonathan Kaminga then I sort of can understand why he's shot only 63% from the free throw line. Um, although, yeah, I'm sort of a bit questionable about this uh, due to his sort of uh, lack of perceived upside as a shooter in the NBA. He's, uh, although despite this, he's very good defensively, um, probably the best defensive prospect out of all the G League um, players and yeah he's pretty good uh, playmaker as well especially off drives he can kick to shooters and um, even uh, guys in the dunker spot for easy layups as well uh, he'd fit in quite well with Shea Gilgis, um and provide a good defensive presence he wouldn't have to create for himself as much as he did in the G League, um, as you'd have Shea beside him, creating most of the shots for him and his teammates, and I'd expect him in his rookie year to sort of play a more sort of two-way, um, sort of like a 3 and D role, um, yeah, in his rookie year. At six, um, the Washington Wizards have this pick, and at the moment they've got Rui Hashimura, and... Denny Avdia, uh, who they took last year at power forward and small forward. Uh, although I wouldn't say these positions are particularly taken up, um, purely because none of them have. I mean, they've both showed a little bit of promise, but I wouldn't bank on them reaching a very high ceiling at uh, this moment in their careers. Uh, they also have Bradley Beal, who's uh, obviously an elite scorer. Uh, I think at this moment, leading the league in points again, or maybe you didn't lead them league in points last year, I'm not too sure, but he's always been sort of in the top five or so. He's uh, quite a good scorer. Then, um, so obviously they probably wouldn't take a shooting guard, although if they did, then they might be able to move Bradley Beal to the point guard and have him create a bit more, or they could move uh, this player whoever they drafted shooting guard or whatever to this small forward position uh, and have him play um, some time there and run a bit of a shorter lineup with maybe Russ at the point guard if they decide to keep him uh, down the line. So I've got them taking Scotty Barnes, the power forward out of Florida State, who's the good defen- who's quite a good defensive prospect, 
which the Wizards desperately need because they don't really have any uh, future defensive players or even current defensive players that are good enough to sort of be in the NBA. So uh, Scotty Barnes provides that for them, which would be which is definitely a need for them. And he also provides a bit of playmaking, which I'm not sure if they're going to keep Russ, uh, sort of as I said before. But um, if they do, if they decide to keep Russell Westbrook, then uh, they could um, have Scotty Barnes as a secondary playmaker. But uh, if they don't, then Scotty Barnes could easily um, sort of uh, create as a primary initiator. Uh, although I wouldn't, ha- if I was sort of Scott Brooks or whoever, uh, I wouldn't have Scotty Barnes creating as a primary initiator if they were to have championship aspirations. Um, at seven, the Toronto Raptors have their pick, and it is Kai Jones, the centre out of Texas. Uh, currently, for the Raptors, they're probably looking to contend. Uh, they quite like the sort of lanky, athletic, um, high-potential forwards, sort of similar to OG Ananobi when he got drafted, and also to Pascal Siakam when he got drafted. So Kai Jones at the moment is quite a good prospect because he'd fit in at their hole at the centre position. Uh, they tried out Aaron Baines to start the season, but he just really wasn't versatile enough um, compared to Sergio Barker and Marcus Sol, who they had um, last year or the year before. Um, or last year, sorry. And uh, Aaron Baines has not been able to keep up on either defence or offence. So Kai Jones would be able to provide them with a bit of a defensive presence, some defensive versatility, and also some versatility on offence as well, uh, given he can potentially shoot the three, uh, which he showcased a little bit of in college for Texas. And he can also um, sort of run the floor in transition as well. Uh, Sort of similar to Siakam, actually. I believe some uh, scouts and analysts have compared the two. Although Kai Jones likely doesn't have as high of a ceiling and you wouldn't necessarily uh, expect that he becomes another Siakam, uh, although he definitely has a similar sort of skill set to Siakam. At eight, the Orlando Magic have another pick um, after two, which they got Evan Mobley. So this pick is from the trade with Chicago. in which they traded Nikola Vucevic, or Nikola Vucevic, not actually sure how you pronounce it, I've heard multiple pronunciations of both, um, and so I reckon they would take the point guard slash shooting guard out of Tennessee, Jaden Springer, so he'd fit in with, he'd be able to fit in quite easily with RJ Hampton, um, with either of the two at point guard, and then the other one, of the two at shooting guard, then they could have Tuma Okeke at small forward, power forward John Isaac and centre Evan Mobley, and just this team, especially if uh, RJ Hampton has, uh, sort of knuckles down and really improves as a defensive player, this team would be very, very fun to watch, uh, especially down the line with Jaden Springer at the point, RJ Hampton, Tuma Okeke, Jonathan Isaac, and then Evan Mobley. The defence would be absolutely insane. 
And, I mean, look, while the offence might not be fully there, they've got all the potential in the world to grow as a team. And if this could happen for the Magic, I'd be thrilled and I'd honestly be a fan of them. Um, Not obviously, but, like, because I'm a draft scout at heart, obviously. So while I am a Clippers fan, um, they tend to be less of a drafting team and more of a sort of free agent destination, which sort of, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's sort of, so the Magic would sort of be one of my favourite draft teams, sort of similar to OKCR at the moment. Um, So at nine, uh, OKC has that pick, um, because obviously none of the teams below them moved up and they didn't move up either. Although they did get Houston's pick, given that they fell to five. Um, so with this pick, um, so they'd previously taken Jonathan Kaminga, and so currently their lineup would consist of at point guard Theo Maladin, or their young sort of lineup would consist of Theo Maladin, uh, Gilchrist Alexander, Jonathan Kaminga, Alexei Pokashevsky, and Moses Brown. So they could pretty much go for any position here because they've. The players they have are extremely versatile. Um, but I personally have them going for uh, Keon Johnson, the shooting guard of Tennessee. So the sort of backcourt combination of Springer and Keon Johnson would be taken back-to-back, um, although to separate teams. And um, he's he would fit in quite well as a defensive-minded prospect. Um, definitely would fit in with Kaminga. Although none of them are particularly project as particularly strong shooters, um, the comparison I've gave to Keon Johnson is Gary Harris, who, uh, funny, funnily enough, the Thunder actually do have after trading. Actually, sorry, no, that's the Orlando Magic. Sorry, I'm getting the two confused. <laughs> um, so he'd fit in with um, Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, you could play, uh, you could bring Teo Maladin off the bench and then have uh, Shea Gilchrist at point guard, Keon at shooting guard, uh, Kaminga at power, uh, small forward, Pokusevski at power forward and then Moses Brown at centre. Um, and that would be a very good young core to watch. Although they would need a bit of a development from shooting, especially seeing as Moses Brown is a pretty much a non-shooter, and then, um, yeah, uh, questionable shooting abilities from Keon Johnson and Jonathan Kaminga, despite their good defensive uh, abilities. Um, at ten, uh, with five picks to go, the all uh, the New Orleans Pelicans would have this pick. So they've got a very very good young core after making the Anthony Davis trade, obviously. Um, of a point guard, they've got Lonzo. Shooting guards, they have Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Josh Hart, both good young prospects. Small forward, they have uh, Brandon Ingram. Power forward, they've got Zion. And then centre, they've got Jackson Hayes. I'm probably missing someone here, but I've honestly got no idea just because the Pelicans have a very solid young core. Um, and I could easily be forgetting someone out of that core. Um, so 
I actually have them taking Greg Brown, the power forward out of Texas. While if I was David Griffin, I definitely wouldn't do this pick. Um, and I'd instead look for someone like Franz Wagner, um, Moses Moody, maybe even Corey Kispert, um, because that provides them with much more shooting ability, uh, which they definitely need. And also Moses Moody and Franz Wagner would provide them with defense, which they also need quite a bit. Um, but I don't... I In the past, David Griffin has taken more upside swings instead of being... Instead of looking for the best fits, and so um, at the moment, or in this class, I think Greg Brown would have the highest upside out of all the remaining choices that they could make, and so I've got them going with him. So just as examples of players in the past I've picked with sort of high potential but didn't fit as well, um, Kyra Lewis, he's actually a guy I've forgotten to list as part of their young core, um, but that's okay because I've mentioned him now. Um, so he didn't fit in too well last year, especially uh, seeing as they have Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo, but um, yeah, that's fine. And then the year before that, uh, they took uh, Jackson Hayes at eight, um, and they knew Zion was going to be a non-shooter. Um, Jackson Hayes has actually improved quite a bit this year as a Clips fan. It was sort of bad to see him dunking all over Reggie Jackson probably a week ago. Um, or maybe even two weeks ago now, so I've lost track of time. Um, so uh, I reckon they would go with another upside swing here with Greg Brown out of Texas, even though he doesn't fit in too well with uh, Zion and Ingram and such, and the rest of their young corp. Um, at 11, the Indiana Pacers have this pick, and they sort of have a very solid all-around team, so wasn't too sure who would they would take here, but uh, another very solid all-around prospect in this class is actually Franz Wagner, uh, so I've got them taking him. Um, he could fit in at small forward. They've currently got um, TJ Warren at small forward, although he's been a bit uh, in, well, he's been out with injury for a little while, so. Uh, Franz Wagner could be a versatile. He could honestly even play um, anywhere from small forward to power forward with his defensive uh, versatility and also um, his shooting ability, which is shooting around 84% from three and 38, uh, sorry, 84% from the free throw line and 34% from three. Uh, sorry, and 38% from three. So he's definitely got the potential to be a shooter and play shooting guard through power forward. Um, and I reckon Wagner would be a solid pickup here because they could, if they were to trade Turner or Sabonis, not sure if they will, but they've sort of been rumoured to be um, doing this for quite a while, quite a few years actually. Um, they could sort of go to a more of a modern uh, lineup with only one big, um, and then they could have uh, Wagner power forward, TJ Ron small forward shooting guard they could have Castle Vert and then point guard they could have Malcolm Brogdon along with either Turner or Sabonis at centre. Um, so that would be in my opinion a very solid pick up there. At 12 uh, the Sacramento Kings have this pick and um, currently they've got Fox, they have 
Buddy Hield at shooting guard, although he's probably 26 or 27 now. He came into the league uh, quite a bit older. And then um, small forward, they've not really got anyone for their future. Um, Power forward, they have Marvin Bagley, although they were actually shopping him around. He's really struggled to stay on the court and has had multiple injuries since they've drafted him. Um, And they probably just want to get him... um, off their roster, uh, given that pretty much any time someone says his name, they usually think of uh, how much of a bust he's been so far. And they could have taken Luka Doncic, Trey Young, Shea Goodrich Alexander, or Michael Porter Jr. even over um, uh, over Marvin Bagley, which, uh, looking back, was a bit of a mistake. But... Uh, that's fine because all teams make mistakes. So I would personally have them taking uh, Corey Kispert, the small forward out of Gonzaga. It would be very fun to watch Kispert and Buddy Hill. They'd sort of be like Splash Bros 2.0, um, especially if Kispert was to reach his sort of higher-end outcome. Um, he'd be able to fit in well with uh, De'Aaron Fox. He'd be able to space the floor. Uh, for Fox to be able to drive and also um, he'd be sort of adding to a small forward position which they've had Harrison Barnes in for the past few years although they've sort of of struggled to have a small forward that can really be part of their young core and a versatile sort of small forward not uh, like one that could play power forward as well um, because Kispert could definitely be a stretch for uh, in the NBA. Um, at 13, the Golden State Warriors have their second pick in this draft, after, of course, the fourth pick in which they selected Jalen Suggs. So, looking back at their young core now with this pick, they have Suggs, they have Jordan Poole, they have Eric Pascal, and they have uh, James Wiseman, who they took last year at number two. So, uh, they could pretty much take any position here. I'd sort of stay away from the centre uh, or point guard position if I were them, but I have them taking, I reckon they would take Moses Moody, the shooting guard out of Arkansas. Um, personally, on my board, Moses Moody is at uh, six, although he could uh, easily, easily fall to the late lottery in the draft, despite being one of the players with a much higher floor um, and also a relatively solid ceiling as well. So Moses Moody would fit in right away and uh, with their sort of 3 and D mindset, he'd be able to um, shoot threes, um, just basically stand on the wing, stand in the corner, and then he'd also be able to play pretty good defense as well. Um, and they could play him at small forward uh, as well, if they were to bring uh, Clay into the lineup as well. Um, now, with the last pick of the lottery, it is the Memphis Grizzlies to uh, decide on who they'd take. And at the moment, the Grizzlies have John Morant, Dylan Brooks, if you want to consider him part of their young core. They also have small forward, not believe, I don't believe anyone. At Powerful, they've got Jaron Jackson and also Brandon Clark, and that's 
their main guys. Actually, they've also got at shoe guard Desmond Bain, and also at sort of power forward slash centre, they have Xavier Tillman, who were the two, uh, two pickups from last year, which have both turned out to be quite good young players um, yeah, in the NBA so far. So uh, I actually have them taking Zaya Williams, the small forward out of Stanford. So they don't really have a small forward, as I sort of said before. Um, and Zaya Williams could provide them with some shooting um, if he were to develop a bit more, which, um, yeah, he's been a bit inconsistent at Stanford, um, although he could, um, he's definitely got uh, some solid potential and he could develop into a high sort of upside player, um, even potentially a um, sort of scoring wing alongside uh, Jar as well, who would be. Uh, who could also play a little bit of defense, hopefully, and just stretch the floor, which they need a bit more of, um, at least in my opinion. So that concludes this episode, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, if you want, uh, I can do a um, the rest of the first round and potentially even the second round. Um, although not sure if you'd want as much analysis as I've done for the top 14 picks. I could sort of just run them off one by one a bit quicker, Um, although it's sort of up to you guys as to whether you want that. Um, So thanks for listening, and you can uh, always follow on Spotify. You can send us an email if you've got any questions or queries. You can subscribe on YouTube or leave a like. Uh, And you can also follow us at JR Scouting on Instagram and Twitter as well. Thanks for listening.